Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. And today we get the opportunity to present the sequel of last year's sermon. Now that we're on the second half of this two-year commitment that we hope you would either continue, increase, or begin anew, we're going to do a sequel. Sermons have sequels. This is the sequel. And we're going to pick up the story where it left off last year, Don't Hold Back, the sermon series leading up to Legacy Sunday was from Isaiah 54.2. Today, this sermon series is going to begin in Isaiah 54.4. You know, the whole thing, don't hold back. We've got tents, and it's going to be big, and God's going to bless your life. It's going to be awesome. That's all cool. But then look what comes after stepping out. Verse 4, fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Don't be, say this word with me, afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. This is the perfect verse, I think, to follow up last year's sermon series. Because in 2019, so many people stepped out in faith. So many people started giving for the first time and it was a new year of sacrifice or they started a new job or started a new round of medication or moved to a new city. Heck, it was a new decade. And we were like, hey, we're going into new things and I'm going to do different things and God's going to bless me. But then in 2020, things did not get better. Your faith was not rewarded with a miracle. Your faith was rewarded with fear. In 2020, things got scary. And I just want you to know that when things get scary, and you took a step of faith, that does not mean that your faith is broken. It means that your faith is working. Because when you do faith right, it should feel scary. When you jump out of a plane to go skydiving, which I would never do because the devil is a liar, okay? And if you want to skydive, that's between you and your psychiatrist. But when you jump out of an airplane to go skydiving, I'm assuming you jumped... Assuming that you're not trying to end your life because you got faith in your what? You got faith in your parachute. But the faith you have in your parachute does not negate the fear of your fall. Both exist at the same time. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned that the fear of 2020 has stolen your faith. That you stepped out and you wanted to do something big with your life and things started getting scary and you go, whoa, 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 never again. That scares me because the best part of your life is on the other side of your faith. So if you get scared now, if this year scarred you in a way that you never take another risk, that you never step out in faith again, that you never do anything big, you're going to miss out on the best parts of your life. And so how many people when they were younger read those choose your own adventure books? Do you remember that? Page four, if you want to go into the cave, turn to page eight. If you want to go to the cabin, turn to page nine, right? Now they got those choose-your-own-adventure Netflix shows where you can hit a a thing and it goes and it changes and and all of that. Well, today's sermon series and and today's sermon title, it's a choose-your-own title. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to show you a picture of what the sermon title is. Go ahead and put it on the screen. All right. On the count of three, shout out what you think the title of this sermon series is. Go ahead. One, two, three. Y'all all tentative like, I know I'm wrong. Yeah. On the count of three, shout it out. One, two, three. Yeah. A lot of people said fearless and faithful. Is it? Look at it again. Or is it? Is it fearful and faithless? Are you ready for this? Look at me. 
You decide. You decide. You get to choose your own title because it all depends on how you see it. It's a lot like this. How many people know where I'm going with this? Here is my question. The ancient question from the beginning of the invention of cups. Here is my question. Is this cup half full or half empty? Yeah, we'll start with the optimists. These are the people in the room who you would say, I'm not an optimist. I'm just, I'm just positive. I'm not just positive. I, I just believe in Jesus. And this is, you know who you are. You have very little friends, okay? Because nobody likes hanging out with you because, because you're just always looking at the bright side. But, but I want you to represent right now, okay? If you are the person who believes this cup is half full on the count of three, I want you to shout, amen. You believe this cup is half full. One, two, three. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Now, on to my people. Now, you would say, Pastor, you should, you should, you're a pastor. You should not be a pessimist. First off, a pessimist would never admit to being a pessimist. We have a better word for it. Realist. I am not a pessimist. I'm just keeping it real. This cup is half empty. Now, if you're like me and you want to say amen on the count of three, if you're a pessimist, or I mean a realist, uh, on the count of three, say amen. One, two, three. Amen. Did you see how much less energy? The optimists are like, amen. The pessimists are like, amen, I'm going to die. So, anyway, so my life's half over, so it's a, it doesn't really matter. Are you ready for the answer? I've got the answer. It's in the Bible. Is this cup half empty or is this cup half full? Here's the answer. Both. The truth is it is half empty. And the truth is it is half full. And this is who I'm preaching to today. I'm preaching to someone who finds themselves in a difficult life situation and there's a part of you that believes it's all going to work out. But there's another part of you that believes it isn't. We, 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 we got, we, we believe, we got, but we kind of, it's both. And, and you're frustrated because your lack of faith makes you feel like a faker. But nobody told you. It could be both. What's the title? Fearless and faithful or fearful and faithless? I'll tell you the title. It's both. Mark chapter 9, verse 22 a parent brings their child to Jesus. This, this child is very sick. They're being tormented by, by a demon spirit, an evil spirit. And, and this parent believes that Jesus can heal them. And so this parent goes up to Jesus. Mark chapter 9, verse 22 through 25. And often, this is the father speaking, this evil spirit has thrown my son both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you, Jesus, can do anything, please have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Look at verse 24. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, try to put yourself in his situation. He's crying. He goes, Lord, I believe. Kind of. I believe. But what had happened was, <laughs> I believe. But help 
my unbelief. Wow. I believe. There's a part of me that believes. But if I'm being 100% honest with you, Jesus, there's a part of me that doesn't believe too. And let me tell you something. That guy leaves with his miracle, which tells me that this state can exist. And not only can it exist, but God honors the honesty of that state. And I believe, so here's what we believe and it's wrong. We believe that I either have faith or I don't. And if we don't, we believe we don't have it. And if we have it, we believe we're not supposed to not have it. But here's the reality. It's not I have faith or I don't. Let me give you a new way of thinking. I have faith and I have faith. <laughs> yeah. I have faith and I have faith. I wish more people knew this. I wish more people knew that you can believe you're going to be healed and scared you're going to die at the same time. I wish more people knew that you can believe for God's financial provision and be afraid that you're not going to be able to make the mortgage payment at the same time. I wish more people knew that you can believe and have faith that your son or your daughter, your brother or sister is going to get their life right and give their life to Jesus. You can believe that and be scared that they're going to spend eternity in hell at the same time. I need to encourage somebody because there's somebody here who believes their husband is going to change. But then sometimes, homeboy does some stupid stuff. Is it okay to say stupid in church? I think so. I mean, if what they did was stupid, then it is what it is. And the party's like, Jesus, I know you're going to change my husband. I know you're going to do it. But then when he, when, he, when he leaves that sock out or he says something or he comes home late, it's like, I don't know. There's some people here who, who are single and they're like, I believe God has made someone for me. But then in the back of your mind go, but that person he made might just be Jesus. That might be the only one <laughs> that's for me. Like, I can believe both things at the same time. There's a part of me that believes that I won't struggle with pornography anymore. And there's a part of me that says, but I've been wrestling with this for so many years. Is it really possible? Believe and unbelief. Can I just tell you? It's okay to be afraid. Acting like you're not afraid is not faith. Acting like you're not afraid is acting. Are you hearing me? Stop pretending like what's happening is not scary. If you take this cup, is this cup half full or half empty? It's just empty. But if you say this cup is half full, you don't have faith. You're faking. <laughs> like, bro, you're lying. <laughs> this cup is not full. But for so many years, we've been taught in church an improper definition of faith that you're supposed to walk around with an empty cup and speak to your cup. My cup is not empty. My cup is full. In Jesus' name, my cup is full. I'm not sad. I'm happy. I'm the happiest person in the whole world. I promise you, my cup is full. I'm not disappointed. I'm not missing purpose. I'm not in bondage. I believe it. I'm good. I'm, but faith is not denying that your cup is empty. Faith is deciding to hold on to your cup. 
And that's a big difference, y'all. That's a big difference. Because when Jesus asked the Father if he had faith, if he believed, let me just tell you something. Jesus never asks you and I a question so that he can know the answer. So that we can learn about him, about us. We do it so that we can learn about who we are. When Jesus asks the Father, do you believe? He goes, well, you know, a part of me doesn't believe, if I'm honest, because my son's been sick since he was a child. So I've been wrestling with this for so long, I don't think things will ever change. But then it hit him. And when it hit him, Jesus was giving him a revelation. He goes, no, hold up, Jesus. I mean, there's a part of me that doesn't believe, but I did bring my son to you, didn't I? So if I brought my son to you, I mean, I don't know that I have enough faith, but, but isn't the proof that I brought my son to you, isn't that, isn't that evidence that I have faith? It might not be a whole faith. It might not be a lot of faith. It might be half faith, but half faith is still having faith. I get it. My cup is empty, but faith is not declaring that an empty cup is full. Faith is knowing who to bring the empty cup to. Faith is saying, I know where to bring my cup. I know where to get my blessing. Listen, I don't know that I have enough faith to raise the dead, honestly. I don't know that I have enough faith to grab the hand of someone who spent their life in a wheelchair and to get up from that wheelchair. I don't know that I have enough faith to do the miracle. But here's what I have faith. I have faith to pray. I've got faith to read my Bible. I've got faith to worship. I've got faith to come to church. See, it's not about the fact that it's full. It's do you have faith to, to bring your empty cup to? Do you have enough faith to bring your empty cup to? And so here's what I say. Let's just bring the empty cup to Jesus. Let's bring it to him because he's got it. And let me tell you something. The only cup that Jesus will not fill is a cup that's full of it. If you are a cup that is full of it, Jesus can do nothing with your situation. A lot of people who are full of it. Who are afraid to admit the condition of their soul in fear that it negates their faith. But faith, fear does not negate your faith. If anything, fear is the prerequisite of faith. It's at the height of our fear that we find the depths of our faith. It works like that. So just take what you got, bring it to the source of living water. He can fill it. Amen? Amen. I have faith. I'm just telling you right now. There's a lot of people in church who think, well, I don't know that I have no faith. I'm kind of wrestling with my faith. And I get it, y'all. Oh, you think pastors don't wrestle with their faith? I wrestle with my faith too, but I'm here. So I might not have faith, but I got, I got half faith. <laughs> I got enough faith to get dressed every morning. I got enough faith to open my Bible and preach a message, even though some of y'all stay crazy. I got enough faith to keep preaching. I got enough faith to keep studying. I got enough faith to be believing that God can change a life. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, so I have faith and I have faith. Here's the other one. If I'm honest, I'm getting nervous. And I'm getting ready. Yeah, 1 Samuel. See, it can, it can work both ways. 1 Samuel 17, 33. Saul answered, David, you can't go and fight this Philistine. You're too young and inexperienced. He's been at this fighting business since before you were born. David said, I've been a shepherd tending sheep for my father. And whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it, knock it down, rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat. I can't help but feel like David's exaggerating. <laughs> you grabbed the bear by the throat, David? Okay. Maybe he did. I don't know. Believe your Bible. It's good. Ring its neck and kill it. Lion or bear. And it made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to this Philistine. Then David took his shepherd's staff, selected five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in the pocket of his shepherd's pack. And with his sling in his hand, he approached Goliath. You know, David gets a lot of props for being courageous and bold. But you, don't you doubt for one second that he was also nervous. 
that he was going up against Goliath. And, and you know how I know he was nervous? I know he was nervous because he packed five stones. <laughs> he went to the river and he was like, ooh, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm going to kill. I know I'm going to kill that Goliath. He put the stone in the thing and he said, but maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I mean, I could miss on the first shot. <laughs> so, so, so I'm getting nervous, but I'm also getting ready. I'm also getting ready. See, you, you got to understand how that, how that works. Sometimes fear can be your friend. Sometimes you don't got to rebuke fear. Sometimes you got to recruit it. Because sometimes fear is trying to tell you something. And here's the message that fear often carries. You ain't ready. So get ready. Fear is a signal that you best get prepared for what God is sending into your life. I word it like this. Don't take risks you didn't prepare for and call it faith. <laughs> Don't take risks. You didn't prepare for it and call it faith. I get this in premarital counseling all the time. I sit down with a couple about to get married, and they're like, we're real nervous, Pastor. We're real nervous about getting married. I'm like, that's okay. Nervousness is normal. You guys have any money saved in the bank? No, Pastor. What, what, what you guys got? We got love. We got love, Pastor. Love. Somebody prayed for us and told us we were meant to be together. So we got love and we got prophetic word. We got love in the word. Okay? You got a job? No, pastor. Well, what you got? We got love. We got love and a prophetic word, pastor. Okay, that's awesome. You got a place to live? We got our mom's house. Okay? All right? And, and now, so, so you're nervous? Yeah, we're real nervous about getting married. You should be! <laughs> You ain't getting ready. Here, I wrote it this way. Maybe it'll resonate with you. Many people have faith that things will work out, but few have the faith to work on things. Oh, my goodness. So I get a good amen at that. Oh, yeah. Keep it on the screen. People need to take pictures of this. Listen, oh, I know God's going to turn it around. I know God's going to, but what are you doing? Because faith looks different in different seasons of life. Sometimes faith looks like sitting down and believing God to do it. But sometimes faith looks like actually putting your hands to the plow and getting busy preparing for what God's going to do. Let me tell you something. God will never give you a blessing that you're not ready for. Or deliver somebody who's not ready to be delivered. You got to do your part too. You know what? The, you know when I get up here every single time I'm a little nervous? Every single time. People are, well, you look pretty confident right now. It's the Holy Spirit. Don't be fooled. But you know what takes, but this part's easy. Speaking for 40 minutes is easy. Because if you don't like it, so what? Sit through it. It's almost done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's only 40 minutes. I can only mess up the church so much in 40 minutes. You know, like, I read a couple more Bible verses, it'll be over, do an altar call, God will do his thing. You know what the hardest part about preaching is? Not the preaching, the preparation. This is 40 minutes. Preparation is 20 hours a week. But my preparation gives me peace because I do what only I can do I can trust God with what only God can do so whether I bomb or whether I kill it I get to rest sit back knowing that's okay I did my part now God you can do whatever you want to do I've got peace because I prepared if you don't have peace it might be because you're not prepared if you lose your job and, and you were lazy don't you dare turn to God for being lazy God's not going to bless that. But if you did everything you could and this pandemic hit and you got furloughed, 
But you did all that you can do. You get to sit back and go, God, I'm going to throw out every application that comes my way, but I'm at rest because this was not my decision. This was your decision, and I trust that you're going to do it. People are like, well, I don't know. I didn't vote for Biden, and I'm a little nervous. Like, How is he going to do the country? I, I, I get it. You can be nervous if you're prepared. Or let me put it this way. Did you vote? Because if you didn't vote, then that day I, I get the fear. But if you voted, guess what? You get to sit back and go, you know what? I did my part. And now that I've done my part, I'm going to let God do his part. Because he's in control and I'm not. So I just trust in you, Jesus. My preparation gives me peace when it comes to the sermon. And your preparation will give you peace when it comes to the storm. No matter what storm comes your way, if you're prepared for it, you get to sit back going, God is in control of that. Because I've done all that I can do. Just do your part. Your marriage is falling apart. Listen, it doesn't just take faith to believe that God will restore it. It takes faith to go to counseling. To believe that God can work in that. To believe that God, but did you do your part? If your marriage falls apart, I, I hope that it doesn't. But if your marriage falls apart, you need to be able to look in the mirror and go, I went to counseling. I went to prayer. We did the Bible study. We met with the pastor. We read our Bible. I fasted. I prayed. I did all that I can do. If at that point, when you've done all you can do, you got to give up the rest of God. I've got peace because I've done all that I can do. I'm scared. That's okay. I'm scared out of my mind. That's okay. That's my final point. I'm scared out of my mind. And I'm stepping out of my boat. I'm scared out of my mind. And I'm stepping out of my boat. Matthew 14, 24 through 31. Washington, you can come on up. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. That sentence has never brought peace to nobody. Whenever someone tells me, don't be afraid, I'm like, you're admitting this is scary. This is not help. It's a situation. Peter had a better answer. He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. He wasn't expecting that. <laughs> he said, well, okay then. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have a little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? I want to talk about Peter drowning in a second. But before I talk about Peter drowning, I want to talk about Peter walking on water. Can we just talk about that for a second? Peter walked on water, guys. Even though he was scared. This whole chapter, this whole passage is about Peter being scared. He was scared the whole time. He was scared when the storm started. He was scared when he thought he saw a ghost. And you better believe that as he was walking on that water, he was scared while walking on the water. Had a little fish jump up next to him. He was like, ah. He was scared. Scared the whole time. But here's my point. He didn't allow his fear to keep him in the boat. You know, my wife almost died in a car accident. A lot of people know that about her. She almost passed away in a car accident. She was turning out of her home. She made a left turn. It was raining. And because it was raining, the oil on the ground became slick. Of that, that right when it starts to rain, you know, that's the, the most dangerous time. It's when the ground is the slipperiest. And she made that left and her brakes or whatever, just, and she slammed into a lamppost. And the lamppost pushed in the side of her car so that the side of her car kind of made like a sharp edge. And if you look at my wife's forehead right now over here, she has a, a scar from where the car inter entered into her skull. But not all the way, that it, just a couple of more inches she would have died. My wife doesn't remember the accident all too well. All she remembers is waking up in the hospital. But ever since then, my wife has got this terrible fear, Pastor Liz, of driving in the rain. 
when it starts to rain, you better you hope you're not in the car with her when, when it's raining. She will either do two things, either drop her speed by 20 miles per hour, or if it's real bad on the highway, she'll pull over. She just can't. She can't. She's paralyzed. Gotta stop. When I'm in the car and I'm not driving, and the rain starts, I gotta you know, I start preaching, you know? Start encouraging her. You know, Angels are with us, babe. Got this. Sometimes this happens. She goes, no, nah, we gotta pull over. Or you're gonna have to drive. So she'll pull over and I'll get behind the wheel. And we'll drive and we'll get to our destination. Now catch this. Even though there's somebody in the car, even though there's somebody in my car who is afraid, it's not a problem. Because the person who is afraid is not driving. Let me say it to you this way. It's not about the emotions I feel. It's about which emotions will I let drive. Because you can feel fear and you can live with fear. Just don't give fear the keys. Because fear will pull you over. Fear will keep you on the side of the storm when you're supposed to be driving through it. We have different approaches for the storm. I, I speed up a little. Just a little. She goes, you should be slowing down. I go, no, I want to speed up a little because this cloud, I know something about this cloud. It ain't going to last forever. And the faster we get through it, the faster it's behind us. So you might want to pull over, but I say we speed up just a little and get to where we got to go. Get to where we got to go. So that was walking on water. Don't let fear stop you from walking on water. But here's the second thing. Why did Peter drown? Don't tell me it's because he was afraid. Because he was afraid the whole time. So why did he drown? Can't be because he was afraid. Because he was afraid and he stepped out. So why did he drown? I have a theory. I don't believe Peter drowned because he was afraid. I believe Peter drowned because he stopped walking. I think at some point things got crazy. And Peter was like, whoa. And right there, when he stopped walking. And I'm going to prove it to you in the Bible. And I'm going to prove it to you in an illustration. Let me get my, my illustrators up here really quickly. And ask my sister to help out with this as well. Let's get these boards in place. There's a game I used to play when I was a youth pastor called Boardwalk. And uh, there was a race between two teams. Each team would set up boards. And uh, we're going to illustrate walking on water. Walking by faith. Whenever we do a walking by faith illustration, we always blindfold the person. Because that's first, the first step in walking by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah, not by sight. So what's going to happen is Vicky's going to step on this board in just a second. And she's going to walk on the board. And I want you to see how this game works because there's a biblical truth in it. All right, Vicky, we've got one head here, one head there. we got one step there. Boom, right there. Go ahead and step up, girl. Okay, you good. This is my sister. I can touch her like this. Okay. All right, some of y'all in the chat. Okay, that's my sister. Pastor shouldn't be. Shh. All right. Now, Vicky's walking by faith. This is scary. It's not very stable. But she's walking now. Vicky's going to take her first step, walking on water, walking with faith, walking with Jesus. It's scary. Scary. Boom. She takes a step. You got it, baby. You got it. Awesome. Awesome. Boom. You got rain right there. Boom. Now that she's taking the step, look what happens with the board. Seeing that? Take one more step, Vicky. Got it. I got you. I got you. You got it. You got it. Hand right there. Hand right there. Boom. There. One more time. Awesome. Awesome. Are you guys seeing it? We're going to do it one more time. Real quick, 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 before everybody collapses. Okay. One more step, Vicky. Right here. Got it. Got it. 
got the head right there and got the head right there awesome take one more step boom stop it stop it okay alright one more we're gonna pause right here Vicky I want you to take one more step you got it girl you gonna make it don't die I can't take care of your kids <laughs> oh, don't stop freeze now now listen this is what it feels like to be a Christian walking by faith like I'm glad that God's been doing board after board after board but please make some noise if you can resonate with the reality that sometimes this gets exhausting and sometimes walking by faith and always shaking and always running is like man do I gotta spend my whole life like this I did this in my teens I did this when I was a kid I did this in my 20s I did this in my 30s now I have to walk by faith in my 40s too this gets exhausting and there's a fear that comes over not because of what God has done but you just start to wonder is he gonna keep doing it is there gonna be another board and when we get scared we stay still because when we still we have stability but another word for stability is stagnancy you could be stable but you're also not gonna go anywhere and now Vicky says okay well I'll move I'll move but I need to see the board first and look how the game works are you following this she can't she can't take a step forward until she a lot of people are like Jesus if you show me the next step I'll take it and Jesus is saying back to you I can't show you the next step until you let go of the last step this is faith it happens one at a time step after step take one more step Vicky one more step you got it you got it move over move over move over move over, move over. you got it girl you got it you got it you got it right there this is gonna be the last step hold it right there one more step one more step yeah yeah okay but now Vicky's getting scared it's been too long she's in her 30s now she got four kids five kids five kids she got five kids you know her her income is not what she wants it to be like you know what Jesus thank you for getting me to this point but I don't think I can take another step it's been too scary and so what she's gonna do is what she's gonna do is she's gonna take this foot and she's gonna come try and back up she's gonna try and back up lift this foot up yeah one foot up yeah. she's gonna try and back up but where'd the board go because God is never in your past he's always and only in your future so when you start to retreat you abandon his miraculous power you can't go back y'all and this is what I think was happening to Peter he got out the boat and what do you think what do you think his hand was when he got out the boat on the boat and he's like oh snap this is working and he was like and then when he let go and things got scary he thought I can't take another step forward I'm gonna take another step back but God was not back there and so he drowned and fell not because he wouldn't take another step forward but because he wouldn't take another step forward and he was trying to take another step back thank you very much Vicky come on back here yep I'm a I got you girl you got it oh bye come on give it up for them great job here's all I'm trying to tell you here's all I'm trying to tell you it wasn't for fear because when Jesus picked up Peter he said oh you of little can we go back to that real quick the last verse oh you of little what why did you fear go to the end of that why did you fear why did you doubt not fear because he was afraid the whole time the question is why were you afraid of the storm it was why did you doubt me all you were doing was walking towards me 
And if you continued walking towards me, Jesus, I would have kept you up. And even if you fall, and even if you drown, just like it happened in that situation, Jesus went and grabbed. I wasn't going to let you drown. Sometimes you fall, but you'll never drown with Jesus. He'll pick you back up. And you know what the crazy thing is? After he picked him up, I wonder how Jesus got him back to the boat. Two options. He either became Hercules and was like, I got you, Peter. <laughs> so I got Peter. I got Peter. Or he grabbed him by the hand and started walking on water on the way back. Jesus is saying, as long as you hold on to my hand, as long as you hold on to my hand, you might fall, but you won't drown. As long as you hold on to my hand, you might slip, but you won't die. As long as you hold on to my hand, you will walk on water. As long as you hold on to my hand, I've got you. Just walk with me. Just walk with me. Just walk with me. Just walk with me. If it's getting scary, keep stepping. If you're starting to doubt, keep stepping. If you feel like your life is falling apart, keep stepping. Just hold Jesus' hand and keep stepping. When it comes to walking on water, let Jesus do the on water part. And you just do the walking part. And he's got this. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're in this room today. Life is scary. Life is scary. Step out. And keep stepping. You took steps in 2020. And it didn't work out the way you thought. And now you're going to retreat to the boat. Don't retreat to the boat. There's more for you. Keep stepping. Keep stepping. Keep stepping. Just hold on to Jesus. and Keep, keep stepping. Keep stepping. Keep moving forward. Keep stepping. But if you're here, listen to me. And you're scared because you can't feel Jesus' hand. Maybe you don't have a relationship with him. Maybe you and him are not close or you used to be close when you were younger and your mom and dad used to bring you to church, but now you're an adult and, and you're just like, you're not about that, but you realize it and recognize it in this moment. I'm ready to give you Jesus another try. I want you to, I want to hold your hand. I want to get closer to you. If that's you all over this building and even online, if you want to give Jesus another shot, if you want to hold his hand so he can pull you out the water and get you to where he's called you to be, this is your moment right now. I know the, the waves are crazy and it's getting rocky. Hold on to that hand. All over this room, if that's you, when I say three, I want you to shoot your hand at the sky. Yes, Jesus, change my life all over. One, two, don't be worried about your neighbor. When I say three, shoot your right hand high. All over this room, one, two, three right now. Come on, shoot your right hand in the sky. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Come on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, hands, twelve hands, I need you, Jesus, I'm ready to hold on and walk, and walk with you, and walk with you, go ahead and put your hands down, Journey Church, pray this prayer with me, whether you raise your hand or not, let's say it loud, let's say, Father God, I'm walking to you, as you hold my hand, you hold my pain, as you hold my hand, you hold my worries, as you hold my hand, you hold my fear. As you hold my hand, you hold my sin, and you throw it away. I receive you into my heart. Today, come on, say it loud. Today, I start a brand new life with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.